0: Hello, and welcome to The Happy Writer. This is a podcast that aims to bring readers more books to enjoy and to help authors find more joy in their writing. I am your host, Marissa Meyer. Thank you so much for joining me today. One thing making me happy this week is a game. Uh, The girls and I play a lot of board games. Um, I love board games. It's one of those things that's kind of similar to books where I just can't seem to stop buying them. Uh, And it's to the point now where we're like running out of places to put all of our games. Um, So that's just kind of a a general problem slash thing that I like a lot. Uh, But one in particular that we have really been loving lately, it is called Trekking the World. Um, And this was actually a gift to us a couple of years ago. It's sort of a complicated game. So when we first got it, the girls weren't old enough to really understand all of the rules. And so we just kind of tucked it away for a couple of years. And we broke it out again here a few weeks ago. And it has become one of our new favorites. The premise is like, y'all of the players, you're all world travelers. And you go around to different continents, uh, visiting all of these famous landmarks and collecting souvenirs and it comes with these art this these cards that feature artwork of the different places that you visit and the artwork is so spectacular it's really really beautiful um and plus bonus the girls are secretly learning geography and they don't even realize it uh so i know like not every fun thing has to have educational value but i sure do appreciate it when it does So, if you and your family are also into games, trekking the world, I highly recommend it. I am also so happy to be talking to today's guests. Hannah Alkoff is the author of a number of books for young readers, including The Weight of Our Sky and The Girl and the Ghost. She was also a guest on this podcast way back on episode 109, in which we got to talk about her Scrabble themed murder mystery. Queen of the Tiles. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I hope you will. Uh, but not right now, because this one's gonna be really good too. Margaret Owen is the author of the Merciful Crow Duology and The Little Thieves Trilogy, the second of which, Painted Devils, just came out a couple of weeks ago. So you know she's very busy these days. Full disclosure. She also sort of happens to be a buddy of mine, so I'm super excited to have her on today. Together, they are the creators of a new anthology titled The Grimoire of Grave Fates, which will be in stores tomorrow on June 6th. Please welcome Hannah Olkoff and Margaret Owen. Hello!
1: Hi, everyone. It's great to be back. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you guys
0: thank it's great you to be here <laughs> yes thank you thank you both for for being here um hannah it's very nice to talk to you again uh and margaret i'm super excited i feel like i was kind of like why haven't i had margaret on the show before <laughs> it just hasn't worked out so i'm super mm-hmm. excited that we got to to make it work for this book which i cannot wait to talk about
2: Thank you. Yeah, it is just a delight to be here. You know, I'm hard to pin down. I'm in the wind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's just how it goes. (laughs) Uh, All right. So the first question that I like to start with, and Hannah, you probably answered this way back in the day, but I hope you'll humor us by by answering it again, uh, is that I like to know everybody's origin stories. How did you become a writer?
1: Well, hun, I'm going to wanna... let
0: Margaret go oh, first for this oh, one because oh,
1: I've answered twist. this before. What? I've okay. Before. I've been here, so I <laughs> all you That's first.
2: Fair. Yeah, I should act like I've been here before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was already a pretty voracious reader um, just from childhood onward. Uh, and when I was about, oh, I want to say eight, um, it was either third grade or fourth grade, I don't quote me on which one. I mean, granted, no one can fact check this, so I could say anything. <laughs> but <laughs> um a an author, a local author came to visit my school, uh, Susan Fletcher, who wrote um the Dragonflight books, I believe. And uh I remember walking into the school library and seeing her sitting at the computer. I have no idea what she was doing at the computer, uh just presumably like printing something but at that moment it was like seeing santa claus (laughs) and realizing that was a job you could do and i was like oh oh wait no this is her this is what she does for work is is make books i want to do that and then when i told my parents they're like well we would like you to also be able to feed yourself (laughs) so put a pin in that one (laughs) Mm -hmm. but uh yeah that was um that was one of those things where I always had the passion for it. And um, as I got older, I always just found myself writing in my spare time and uh, just always coming me back coming back to writing, writing books, thinking of stories all the time. And uh, eventually I was like, well, I should probably stop pretending that I'll have another career <laughs> and just focus on this.
0: Nice. And here we are, many books into the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) 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 Little Molly would
2: be just absolutely mind-boggled at that point.
0: (laughs) Isn't that funny? I often think back to little Marissa and how Mm -hmm. she would just be, like, over the moon to know, wow, it actually worked! We actually made it! (laughs) You can do this for a job! Oh, my God! (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Um,
1: For me, my origin story probably comes in two parts. The first time I realized I actually had some kind of talent for writing, Um, I had written up i'd had like a really mad like amazing one of those like mind-blowing birthday parties when i was like eight or nine years old um that was in one of those like indoor like theme park fairground type places you know what i mean where they like mm-hmm. shut down rides so you and your friends get to go on just you guys and it was like super special mm. um and i really wanted to preserve that memory so i was i wrote down exactly what happened that day and then in a foreshadowing of how life would be as a writer i decided it was terrible and i threw it away <laughs> No, <laughs> a foreshadowing absolute yeah. foreshadowing <laughs> um, and then my mother noticed it in the trash can and picked it <gasps> out and read it and then she told me and i remember this she told me you know you're really good at this you should keep going you should keep practicing well, um, and that was the first <laughs> time I got any sort of validation that, hey, you know, you're you're pretty good at this. Like this is something you should be practicing, you should be doing more of. Um, but in the exact opposite of what Molly experienced, <laughs> um, a couple of years later, I was in a bookstore because I too was a voracious reader, only on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a bookstore and I realized, I had this sudden realization that no Books on the shelves that were meant for kids like me um, had names of authors that sounded like mine, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. didn't have any characters that looked like me. Like the the stories weren't coming from where I was coming from. And what I thought was that that meant I couldn't have that as a career. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that meant that people like me didn't get to write those kinds of things. And I was a very practical child. I didn't have like my parents didn't have to tell me, you know you need to do something that can uh, actually put food on the table. I was like, oh this won't put food on the table for <laughs> um, So I decided to become a journalist at about age 11 and that's all like that's I threw my entire like all my efforts into becoming a journalist from then on Um, and that's what I went to college for that's what I did as a job I only really started writing fiction when I was about 30 Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when I started working on The Weight of Our Sky which ended up being my first not published novel Um, so yeah I, I just I enjoy how like absolutely mirrored our
2: mm-hmm. our experiences right <laughs> my favorite part of this is that you said, Well, being an author won't pay the bills, so I'll be a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. As if that was going to be right. like a thing that had me rolling in riches for the you rest know. of my life. Um, it but it was a good you know, idea. It was right. like a, an acceptable, like a legit right. way for me to be working mm-hmm. with words um, on this side of the world at least. Um, so that that's what I did. I was like, all right, yeah. this is the only legit way I get to I get to write. So I guess this is the kind of writer I'm going to be. Um, yeah. But yeah. obviously, I, I didn't rake in, like, the big
0: bucks. During- <laughs> <You're right. laughs> so. uh, well, and here we are. You both have many titles to your names individually. Uh, and now you have also created this anthology, the grimoire of grave fates. Uh your your first um I'm guessing your first kind of co I can't call it co-writing because you're not really the writers. <laughs> it's tricky. Uh co-editing project mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah co-editing co-creating yeah. I guess yeah something along those lines. Uh so would you p- please tell listeners what is the grimoire of grave fates about? Oh, I'm pushing this one right over to
2: Hana.
1: <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, your tweet started this whole mess. It's true. It's true. My tweet did start this whole mess. Um, at one point, this was around the time that I was tweeting things, and then somehow they were coming true, and I felt a little bit like a like some kind of like going through some kind of like prophetic like destiny <laughs> moment. Um, everything I was tweeting was becoming reality. And I was like, oh, no, this is too much power. What do I do? <laughs> um, but basically, on uh, I pulled up the tweet as well before before okay. this recording because I was like, oh, I'm going to get asked about it. I should remember <laughs> oh, yeah. when exactly this was on June 12th, on June 12th, 2020. Um, okay, for journalism. Me, so it's probably <laughs> June 18th for you guys, but it was June 12th mm-hmm. for me. I actually tweeted, give me an anthology of stories set at a magic school where each story is from the POV of a different student or teacher or creature, and it's actually written by diverse authors. And then I was like, wait,
0: (laughs) maybe I should be the one doing that. Oh my gosh, Um, that's so like word for word what this book became. mm -hmm. It it
1: really, almost, almost, except then I was like, I I got in touch. I contacted Ma- uh, Margaret because um, we're actually we're actually very good friends mm-hmm. and we talk a lot anyway. And so after I had this idea, I texted her and was like, "Wait, <laughs> what Wait. if you did this with me?" <laughs> um, because Margaret is one of the best fantasy authors Aww, that I cute. know. Yeah, um, <laughs> and one of the most amazing like world builders that I know. And I was like, Aww. what if you did this with, <laughs> and then because we share a brain cell, we were both like, but what if this magic school um, wasn't, if, what if this wasn't just a regular magic school anthology? What if it was centered around a murder? murder. Um, uh-huh. Because we share a brain cell. We and do. So, um, we just lob it back and forth across time zones. It's pretty do, great. true <laughs> uh, Which is really bad when both of us have deadlines on separate uh-huh. projects. Um, But uh, so that's what it became. The Grimoire of Grey Fates is literally an anthology of interconnected um, stories set at a magic school um, where a murder has occurred. And so each chapter is told from a different point of view of a different student. And they're all tasked with trying to figure out what happened and who the murderer is. And yeah, it's, it, it is as um, complicated to wrangle as it sounds. <laughs> it is. It is very much so. And I think one of the
2: things that we did that um, sort of keeps things moving, which I I am glad about, uh, it made, made our jobs both more, com- infinitely more complicated. And also I think resolved some problems was we uh, basically stipulated that each, each chapter takes place over the course of an hour and mm. there are. 24 hours until the school which moves from location to location is about to move again potentially with the murderer on board and so uh it it puts a little bit of a of a ticking time bomb on on the <laughs> the whole premise and that that is also very fun except for when it's like well
0: we need to switch these two chapters <laughs> mm. <laughs> and chaos erupts gosh i can imagine <laughs> no i we were talking briefly before we started the recording and i remember Margaret talking about this book uh, when we were on a retreat together months ago mm-hmm. and my I heard like the premise of it and my first thought was that is so fascinating. And my second thought was that sounds like an enormous headache. <laughs> <to travel> <laughs>
1: <on."> <laughs> it was. That we, is we... the correct way to describe the the entire premise of the book, yes. Both fascinating and a massive headache. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had so many
2: Google Docs. We um yes. we basically um like The process was when we were getting ready for this, we, we sort of collected our roster of folks, our all-star team, and um, we set out um, different, well, Han and I brainstormed a whole bunch of things, like <laughs> everything from like, you know, the fun school staff and uh like my my personal favorite who is the nurse uh Fibula i Smith. love
0: the nurse <laughs>
2: who is a she's, skeleton she's a skeleton she's a <laughs> she's a walking talking skeleton and she makes nothing but bone puns nothing but bone puns or which, is, morbid which was joke. really just for us it was 1000 percent for us <laughs> um, but it's great and and of course the, the contributors just ran with that but mm-hmm. we you know we, we brainstormed all, you know, all the staff, um, all the different, you know, the, this is a school that operates with sort of a quasi house system, but it's more like mm-hmm. choosing your major. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we we drew the maps of the of the campus. We <laughs> we basically put together this giant, like almost like a series Bible. And yeah gave it to the to the contributors to say this is the world that you're operating within and then we found out how little of it we'd actually covered mm, <laughs> correct
1: but then they needed other things too they'd uh-huh. be like okay what's the uniform situation and we were like oh wait oh, we didn't add oh, that no. in there we'd have to figure out uh-huh. <laughs> and then every time you do
2: you have to send out an email updating be like exactly. so this is the the uniform situation yeah. <laughs> but it was great you know we we had we had that we um we had a couple rounds of, you know, of editing that were sort of, you know, hand in hand, we're doing plot edits, we're doing, mm-hmm. um, continuity edits, we're doing overall pacing edits, you know, th- chapters are are switching places, right. uh, all, all the, the fun, the fun chaos of that. And it definitely took a lot of communicating, but what also was sort of a really hilarious, unintentional, um, effect of having co-editors on this too was that hannah and i are 16 hours apart Mm -hmm. so any point in
1: time one of us was available. <laughs> it was like having one editor working 24 hours on a book. Like mm-hmm. we'd have a couple of hours where we'd overlap, like our times would overlap mm-hmm. where we could like discuss things or like get through things that we needed to get through together. And then we'd mm-hmm. hand it off and be like, all right, it is sleep time for me. Have fun. Let <laughs> me know. we <laughs> be pick productive up, while I'm sleeping. Talk to you when I wake up and then be like, oh, you'd wake up and be like, oh, this whole thing is done. All right. Now, time to do my part. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. I love that. So, how <laughs> about the murder? Like, did you have all of the details of the murder plotted out? Yes. Yes and no. Kind yes of and no.
1: Um, some of it we had to figure out along the way as needs changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had the basic setup of the murder already. And we kind of knew, like we were able to tell certain authors, you we need this to happen, like we need this clue to drop
0: mm-hmm. in your
1: chapter. We, we we need you to work this into your chapter somehow. Um, that kind of thing. Um, but of course, as you're editing a mystery, those things will change. Um mm-hmm. And we're very, very grateful because of how patient our contributors Mm -hmm. were with us. Because we'd email and be like, hey, need you to add this thing here to your uh, already almost fully written chapter. Um, Could you just work this in somehow (laughs) a way that feels organic to the story Mm -hmm. of your character in this particular chapter? Thanks. Love you. (laughs) And
2: bear in mind, too, it's not like, oh, we need you to, you know, add notes that the room is green it's like oh no. yeah just we um we need you to mention that there's a cursed statue and this is the curse that it has kind <laughs> of stuff. but in a way that feels natural to but your in a character. way that feels natural <laughs> like the fact that we are still alive is solely through the grace of of our <laughs> contributors Seriously. Like they, no
1: jury in the world would have convicted them <laughs> No but I really love also the thing that I love is that we built this world for them and then we were like mm-hmm. go ahead and play in it like do whatever you want with your characters you can decide like yeah. you know, who they are and what they do and things like that but also they naturally figured out which characters would be friends with each other and would interact with each other. And then they contacted each other to make sure that those characterizations were right. Mm -hmm. So you'll see these like inside jokes play out between characters or shared experiences in different (laughs) chapters that just feel really natural. And it's because they did that. We didn't tell them to be like, we didn't go and be like, okay, your character is friends with these three people. Mm. Just figure it out. Like we didn't do that. They just decided themselves who was going to have a crush on who i was going to say
2: that was they, my favorite was the a
1: little nexus of of
2: characters who were all decided that one of the characters was a severe hottie
1: exactly
2: <laughs> and suddenly
1: he became the school hottie and it was like oh that's great i love that <laughs> so right we never decided
0: it. it was just like a completely organic thing it was so good <laughs> oh i love that because i i was curious because it almost feels like because there is so much interaction between the characters I had wondered okay did did the first writer write their chapter and then pass it on to the second writer so they could (laughs) read what came before like and then build off of that or was it like totally separate and then now you've got you know whatever 20 stories that you need to figure out how to piece together What we be-
2: did was when we had them submit their pitches, or, or mm-hmm. we had them like we we both a, a Google form, <laughs> and basically said, "Give us an idea of your character and what you would like your chapter to be about, and about what time you know in this twenty four hour period you mm-hmm. would like, and then or you know or give us your top three time slots." Basically, <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely a top three, yeah, yeah. And when we got all their pitches, Han and I sort of sat down. And and we're like, okay, let's figure out who, you know, what parts, man, or, you know, what parts of the mystery meshed the best with each of these stories and mm-hmm. and figure out how we can have the information, you know, be revealed and in which order and to whom yeah. and how that impacts stuff. And some of the stuff was just pure revision. Like, right. <laughs> we would have some you know, someone discover something and then a, one of the editors would be like, um, should that not matter? Like, should, shouldn't that be a thing? Like, shouldn't yeah. that be <laughs> impacting this character? And we'd be like, well,
1: dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Locations. Locations were also, like, a big headache. Like, having mm-hmm. people get from place to place and figuring out where each character was supposed to be within the, yeah. within the okay. actual, like, logistical thing. Um, which mm-hmm. is when Molly was like, I'm going to sit down and... Draw map <laughs> so that everybody is on the same page about where everything is on this campus the gargoyle, yeah. the gargoyle Gar- keep. keep the gargoyle was, keep was uh-huh. yes. um, <laughs> a the gargoyle keep point of contention it took a lot of description it took a lot of description to figure out exactly what we wanted <laughs> from this gargoyle keep uh-huh. um, yeah but but we got there in the end yeah, yeah.
0: You have like a a major timeline also because I know at parts there's like okay in one chapter uh, this character like gives a nod like a a, a solidarity nod to another character and then eight chapters later the other character like marks remarks on that and Mm -hmm. like little just little details like that that's like the continuity just seems (laughs) like it would have been so hard to keep track of.
1: (laughs) That's why you have did, a lot of yeah. spreadsheets. We have a
2: <laughs> lot of spreadsheets. And it was also really good to have, have this be a co-editing process yes. because of that. Because there are things that absolutely fell straight out of my head. And Hana would be like, oh, yeah. And, you know, this person noticed this thing in this chapter. And I'd be like, oh, did they?
1: Did they? <laughs> <laughs> and it was the same. It was the same for me. Like, we would remember certain things. But we would remember things that the other person didn't, which was what was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was very much like a, a, a juggling thing where we were able to toss pins back and forth to
0: each other, which was very helpful.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about like, how did you even go about selecting the authors?
1: <laughs> uh, did we, how did we do that? How did we do that? Um, I, at first, went off who was interacting with my tweet.
0: Oh, who, Interesting
1: and whom we knew so it was people who are showing like great interest in the premise um mm-hmm. and whom both of us uh or either one of us at mm-hmm. least knew well enough to be able to slide into their dms and be like hey mm-hmm. what's up Would like, you like be <laughs> part of this project right um but in a less like squeezy sounding way. I don't know why I made it sound like that. <laughs> um.
0: No, no, no. I mean,
2: one of the things that people don't understand about author friendships is that there are certain friendships where it's like, oh, you didn't reach out to me for this anthology? Wait, and, and you knew, they, it, you know, what how could, could you? Yeah. <laughs> like, how dare you? You are dead to me. <laughs> like, like, if I had not, if I had not talk to
1: ll mckinney and be like would you like to be
2: part of this i know that she would have flown over I here think
1: she would actually have like not killed yeah. you but like there might have been some <laughs> maiming involved like. there would
0: have been some nasty grams yeah <laughs> i think so i think so <laughs> and well-deserved um, ones <laughs> correct so those are some politics involved is what you're telling
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some politics involved in like you know the, the the preserving friendships but also you know we wanted to make sure that um um a lot of folks who are historically sort of left out of the conversation let's put it that way mm-hmm. in um a lot of contemporary magic school stories uh yep. or i i would say you know like of the early 2000s let's let's just be real subtle there (laughs) and um you know we wanted to make sure that this was an an open door for people to tell a story about a magic school in a way that made them feel seen and would hopefully make reader other readers feel seen in a way that they hadn't before right Mm
0: -hmm. so one element that i particularly enjoyed about the series as a whole or the the anthology as a whole is that there are so many different kinds of magic that we see yes Mm -hmm. Um, and how so many of the characters have like a really specific gift or affinity and it's not all just you know wave a wand and say something in latin and magic happens like there's Mm -hmm. dancing magic and singing magic and uh, you know, werewolves and uh, <laughs> race speaking to the dead. I mean, there's all these different types of magic. Was that something right. that you had encouraged as a part of the initial premise to the authors? Yes. yes, um, basically, we wanted magic that felt personal
1: to each um student, um, and so you'll see a lot of things that stem from just personal cultural backgrounds and things like that that make the magic feel even more real because it's a thing that is super part of the character and not just an external thing that you learn that is i think the most fun part of the anthology to me was mm-hmm. getting to meet all these characters and getting to understand where their aptitudes were coming from and just how much a part of each character that those magics were like that was very very cool to me um to see what each contributor was coming up with mm-hmm. yeah i i loved seeing
2: you know it 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 felt like magic wasn't just sort of a a hobby or a subject in school. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was part of like, you know, a family tradition, part of, mm-hmm. part of an identity. And that, you know, the, the, all of our contributors just really brought the heat with that. It was, it was so good because the magic us- is one
1: of my favorite
0: things. Like, it's, it's so, so great. It's so and
2: fun. You see, like, you see the way it interacts and the way it's been commodified in certain ways and, you know, how that interacts with the rest of the world. Um, and that you know they they really just they 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 brought their A game with you know figuring yeah, out did. right with, with the magic systems that they've, they've they've developed and you know the the way that they can convey them within a single chapter. I'm just like oh brevity, my 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 the, the last stone in you know in my infinity gauntlet that I that still eludes me.
0: <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. <laughs> That's so fine. I have uh, edited one anthology um called Serendipity, Not nearly as complicated as this one. I recall that one of the like biggest challenges for me as the the editor or the one kind of bringing this collection together was trying to ensure that every author, Felt like they they could write the story that they wanted to tell and that they had already fallen in love with because usually by the time you're already submitting that initial idea you're already kind of excited for it while also trying to keep every story in the collection distinct like so you don't want too much you don't want them to start to sound redundant was that a, a challenge that you ran into as well I feel like we had a couple
2: stories where it was like either a similar location. Or you know we needed to like take a couple tweaks, but at the same time we have two stories about two different trans
1: necromancers. No. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, that was great.
0: They're <laughs> spaced quite far apart from each other yeah, in the book. They are, and, and they're
1: so
2: tonally different, and like you yes. know, they're still they're so very distinct. And I think that was part of part of the um, the magic of this book is that there's. Every creator brought something so interesting and unique to it that we didn't have to do too much work to like we didn't have to do too much nudging to be like, "Oh, can you actually do this?" It was more like, "Oh, well, this character is actually hiding in the office that you're investigating." So, <laughs> oh, they got to move.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think part of that was um being very clear from the beginning that these characters are yours and the magics that they have are yours and their backstories are yours. Um, Yes, we have a a, a through thread of a mystery that needs to be followed, but what happens in this world is entirely up to you to this character is entirely up to you. Um, And so every story feels very distinct and personal um, while still being part of the greater narrative. So I, I it just worked out honestly as as Margaret said we didn't have to do a lot of this kind of pushing and pulling and nudging to get people you know it, the like to get the stories where we wanted them they just kind of fell into place in a way that felt very natural um yeah that was not the the tough part of the <laughs> Anthology let's just put it that
0: way mm-hmm. what, what <laughs> was the toughest like the biggest challenge that you you encountered 18 contributors
1: <laughs> you know, like contributors <laughs> and know. one mystery that needed to be solved mm-hmm. um that that through through it is was the hardest thing to to really keep track of because each individual story was great it's just that we were wrangling the big story Mm -hmm. Um, and making sure that this clue appears here and we have to make Mm -hmm. sure it gets used by this time and how does this particular sentence said in this chapter play out in that other chapter because Mm -hmm. none of the authors none of the individual contributors had that view that we had of the big mystery that was just on Mm -hmm. us Like that was our part of it to make Mm -hmm. sure that that was being done well Um, and so that part, I think, was the hardest part. Like making sure that all these, like, we planted certain things in certain chapters, but we were also responsible for making sure that they were used in later chapters. <laughs> right.
2: Um, that knife. And, that
1: knife. knife that knife. <laughs> I that knife. <laughs> I had nightmares about that knife. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That knife. <laughs> um, that note. That, <laughs> note. that the note. That glove. Right. Yeah those and, things
2: <laughs> yeah it's 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 one of those things where you just um yeah you like kind of said you have the the 50 000 foot view and um at the same time we also have like you know last minute switches and things so it would be the situation of oh we asked you to take this out and we lied
1: basically <laughs> <do it. laughs> we're need you to put that back in
0: right <laughs> Um, but in this specific <laughs> way. Right. But in this specific way. Was there any like 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 fighting between the contributors about like, ooh, I really want to discover the body? No, I want to discover the body <laughs> or like I want to have the detective chapter where all gets revealed. Like, was there any of that?
2: <laughs> we got pretty lucky with that. Yeah. Um,
0: I think it helps
2: too that uh we basically we designed the murder almost not around the pitches but um we we, so we knew who, we knew who had died who had killed them how it had been you know played out to some degree right. um uh, and we i don't think we had established um the actual like method method quite yet but we knew you know no, that sort of
1: evolved as we were working on it right, with the yeah. pitches mm-hmm. with so with once the pitches. we
2: once we had that, we were able to say, this is what this person wants to have happen in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And how can we disclose in the, about the, the
1: mystery that right. also honors what they want to do with this chapter? Mm-hmm. Um, and doing that also allowed us to work with the specific magics that each um, student had so yeah. that we could make it feel like the mystery was really part of their stories as well. The smoke um, magic was the smoke magic was one of my favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> like the way the news gets dispersed because of this mm-hmm. student who just can't control his smoke magic. Like that's <laughs> so good. fun to me. It's so fun to me. And that just again, it just came out organically because Kwame had written that his sorcerer's magic was smoke magic. We were like, oh, okay, oh. let's use it. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> How, how do how does how does word travel
1: through the air like smoke <laughs> like <Close> smoke?
0: <laughs> that works. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, in between every story, there is a, a piece of evidence that gets revealed to the reader. Were those created by you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> At what point did you add those in?
1: later in the the editing process yeah because Uh, we realized as we were working on each story that it needed we needed something um stronger i think for the mystery to hang on in between because all these characters Mm -hmm. are going through their own things in their own chapters as well um Mm -hmm. and we didn't want the actual like thread of the mystery to get lost we wanted to make sure that readers had um, touch points as they were going through the story to make sure that they they knew like these were like important things that we're going to figure out uh, that we're going mm-hmm. to figure out in this particular chapter um, and so we realized about probably halfway halfway <laughs> two-thirds, halfway two-thirds today, yeah uh, two-thirds yeah we probably need something in between there for mm. our readers to be able to really follow along um, mm-hmm. so yeah that's how that came about yeah, it was
2: this idea that we would um give them almost something either to tie the end of the chapter um mm-hmm. or to or or and and then like sort of carry them through to the next chapter or to sort of give them an idea of what what to keep their eye on in the next chapter. Like I think my yeah. favorite use of it was um we have a character who is an unreliable narrator because mm-hmm. they're um they're currently under a, a, a medication that has them hallucinating a little bit, mm-hmm. and since they're not necessarily clocking that at first, uh, we we had some issues where the the readers were just sort of getting a little confused when they got to that chapter, and they were like, well, right. why don't we just put the prescription as a piece of evidence in there, and, you know, have all the, the information blocked out, so we're, you know, honoring magic HIPAA, but... <laughs> <laughs> You know, that way the the reader's going to know that this is something that's a factor in the right. next chapter, and it'll give them just the the little bit push of clarity that they need to to make it through this. Right?
0: Mm-hmm. No, so clever for sure. Link, we, we made thank it ourselves. You. We did all by ourselves. All by I ourselves wondered. with eighteen other people. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'd wondered if uh like including the 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 pieces of evidence was a little bit because maybe the two of you were like but I really want to write something for the book too. <laughs> oh we we wrote the transcripts
2: um, and that, yeah. yep. that was already
0: that was already
2: enough.
1: <laughs> The thing between the two of us is we're not short of writing projects. <laughs> sure. Yes. No. Correct. No. Yes. <laughs> so we're probably okay.
2: <laughs> but it was it was definitely. I. I mean. I'll. I'll, I'll be honest. Writing the, the little interstitials and the interstitials the the, the the chat transcripts that was so much fun. It like, was just coming up with the little characters and being like, or in thinking about how they would interact in like a group chat was just. Mm-hmm so like there, there's a there's a two-bit character who pops up in a chat in a group chat named katie and she's just the most <laughs> oblivious person <laughs> and she like, has no idea what's happening i just heard a smoke prophecy why are you guys watching a movie without me like <laughs> <laughs> and the rest katie. of the, right the rest <laughs> of the group chat's like oh my god you heard it too what is it what were they talking about with a chosen one and she was like but I wanted to watch a movie with you guys, <laughs> and she's just not clocking it at all. And I oh, not at heart. all. No, it, it's it was great. So much Bless fun. her
1: heart. It also allowed us to write a couple of fibula puns ourselves. Yes. Which, <laughs> which, which let's be honest, we came up with that character a hundred percent so that we could make some puns. So, oh, like, she's such a good it allowed us to get it out of our systems as well.
2: We found her quite humorous. <laughs> oh, she
1: worked, one in! I did. I did. <laughs> To be honest
0: with you, I was uh, going to be able to do it. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, so, we're like this.
1: I'm so sorry.
0: That's oh, how no, we no, are. No, no, no. I can tell that you clearly had a lot of fun working together. Um, and clearly had a lot of fun writing those the interstitials. Um, I mean, I personally loved the. Oh, what do you call them? The the broadcast to the school? That's like between Uh, the the, the president vice pres oh so (laughs) funny.
2: (laughs) Those were those were a lot of fun. I I think my favorite detail in that is when Fibula's just like, you know, covering the microphone with a clipboard does nothing. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a thing. It's like, you know, someone would absolutely do that thing where they try to cover they it. Absolutely would.
1: Yeah. And, and the trouble that they have, like, trying to switch it on and off, like, mm-hmm. not knowing how to work the system, that is 100% the thing that would happen in any school. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think the
2: interstitials gave us this this ability to sort of help like, you know, every chapter gets into the students, the magic, um, and and how they experience the school, but it's mm-hmm. just one little window into the school. And the interstitials really gave us an opportunity to flesh out what the school's actual life is um mm-hmm. outside of the students right. and you know, what what kind of environment it is when it's not from from the lens of a
0: student. Right. Yeah. Right. So you mentioned the prophecy that talks about the chosen one, uh, and that was one, you know, thematically throughout the book, you get this impression that every single one of these Uh students Uh is the chosen one in their Uh own story. Uh, And I loved that, and I thought it came across (laughs) beautifully. Was that another thing that you had kind of like nudged the authors toward? yes
1: yes <laughs> it wasn't even a nudge it was
0: a <laughs> yeah. the original
1: title of the of the anthology was we the chosen oh um, interesting and we every author every contributor was told in their brief that their character believes that in some way they're the chosen one not just believes that they're the chosen one but their belief is what fuels them to get involved in the mystery to begin with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not just that they believe they're the chosen one it's because they're the chosen one that they have to either figure this out or they're a suspect or what have you so yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah it directly uh, it it is direct like it directly shapes their stories
0: mm-hmm Well, I think it's really cool because then you're kind of left with a question mark. Like, is there a chosen one or is everybody a chosen one? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everybody gets a trophy.
2: You know, and that that was kind of the the thing we were going for with the end, without like spoiling too much, is this mm-hmm. idea that it's you know what what makes you chosen isn't necessarily a prophecy; it's the the choice to get involved mm-hmm. and to to act, and Correct. the 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 students are the ones choosing to right. to take action and to do something. And
1: right. it's uh, not about it being makes- chosen; it's about choosing. Yeah,
0: yeah. I love it. very very well said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so my last question before our bonus round, I, so I could be wrong, but I myself have not heard of another anthology like this before. Um, It's like, to me, just seems like such a unique idea. And whenever there's something like that that comes out, I always think, okay, when are the copycats going to start coming by? You know, clearly <laughs> people are going to uh-huh. hear this premise and be like, that's brilliant. I want to do it too. <laughs> would you recommend that they go for it or would you like try to talk anybody out of it? Ooh,
2: <laughs> I would say if you are going to go, like, I, I wouldn't try to talk people out of it, but I would say be, you yeah, no emotionally and and mentally prepared for this to be a lot of work. I think, you know, Marissa, yeah. you can speak to this too. Editing an anthology is already going to be a lot of administrative work that you don't think about. I mean like for any listener out there who's thinking about the time that they haven't turned something in quite on time and needed a follow-up, you are going to be responsible for doing that for Every single yeah. one of your contributors and also handling right. all the editor emails from your publishing house and yeah <laughs> it's 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 a lot of admin work um if you were trying to do this on a narrative scale and tell a single story throughout you know over the course of eighteen chapters or however many um you are going to be responsible for making sure that the the every chapter hits its beat and it's it's just it is a lot of work. It's great
1: to have a a co-creator oh, and a creator uh-huh we yes. need a co-editor you need a co-editor um yeah it's really hard to keep track of all the the different threads that mm-hmm. you you need to for this kind of project alone i don't think i would have been able to do it alone i think it would have been Me a very either. different yeah. sort of anthology if i had done this on my own less um, murder less murder probably yes <laughs> <laughs> just a scooch less just murder. A just a, a smidge. smidge um <laughs> I think he, this is the kind of project where you need somebody else to lean on. There's no way I would have been able to to do this without Margaret. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Hannah.
1: That's right. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, Cuz it. it was your idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that too. I the kind of roped her into this. <laughs> it's my fault. It's my fault that Mark I mean, got roped I was I was this. a willing
0: ropey. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Sounds like your friendship survived just fine. It did.
1: It did.
2: It did. Which is also a miracle. <laughs> Correct.
0: <laughs> All right. Are we ready for our bonus round? Yes. I'm never ready for this bonus round. <laughs> it's a lot shorter now. It used to be longer. Now it's just three questions. Oh,
1: okay. All right. See, this was way shorter than the last time I, was. I know. No, I know. Yes.
0: Yes. yes. Feedback. Evidently, people didn't like the never-ending bonus round. So we it <laughs> down. <laughs> so they don't like fun is what i'm hearing Right, <laughs> silly listeners right Oh, dare they have opinions what <laughs> book makes you happy oh do i read see, to be happy though see hmm. this is why <laughs>
2: um oh man okay oh i should have thought about this beforehand um, um i went mean, enchanted Ella enchanted oh, that's always. That's a good one. Just serotonin
1: through the roof. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. What books me? What book makes me happy? <laughs> I knew this was coming, and I still didn't prepare for it. It's terrible. <laughs> I <laughs> okay. This is gonna sound really corny, but it's the first thing that came up. Um, I read the book with no pictures to my kids um, mm. at night. It's one of their favorite, it's one of their favorite um bedtime story books because it is just so silly. Um and what? it makes them giggle every time. Do you know what this is? I Ever. have no idea what this is. <laughs> like, so. The book with no pictures, <laughs> the book with no pictures is a kid's book by BJ Novak and mm-hmm. it's a picture book, but with no pictures. It's like it, it's a right what it says on the tip with yeah. no pictures. And so it's a book that forces you to read out. They're like, oh, the premise of the book is that if words appear in the book, then they have to be read out. That The adults have to read them out. So you can make adults say silly things and make silly sounds (laughs) because it's in the book. Because it's in the book, they have to read it out loud. Oh, my gosh. Um, And so the kids love it naturally Uh, they take turns making um me or their dad read it uh, (laughs) at bedtime uh, because each of us makes the silly sounds in different ways um and we've been reading it to them since they were little and they still reach for it now um and so it's it's just a book that makes me happy because Everybody ends up giggling in that book. They know it word for word now. They can read it themselves. They're <laughs> they old can enough. do their own silly. Uh, they can do their own silly voices. So now it's just family silly voice <laughs> <of> time. Um, <laughs> oh, I love but yeah, that. Yeah, it's a book that makes me very happy because it's just a book that we've been sharing together for a long time now, and mm-hmm. it makes everyone laugh. It makes bedtime a very happy occasion.
0: Well, what are you working on next?
2: <laughs> 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 <us> went, <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on book three of Little Thieves. I'm it's so great. I'm so excited. I'm on, like death number eight. It's great. <laughs> oh my God. I have a calendar of murders. It's just, they're, they're <laughs> dropping like flies. It's fantastic. <laughs> Halfway through and you're at eight deaths?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> oh dear. It's,
2: it's a lot. You know, look, look
1: gird your loins everyone
2: uh i mean it's you know it's um it's great it's really happy it's
1: a real (laughs) (laughs) leper. love this happy ending that we're going to get for everybody oh yeah
2: we're just careening (laughs) towards
1: that (laughs) careening is a great way to put it um what am I working on? Who knows at any given time? Um, <laughs> I'm Sleep. currently juggling um, four different projects, none of which I can actually talk about. Mm. So I, know, I, I know that feeling very well. Yeah. <laughs> so I have um, three middle grade projects and a YA project that are all in various states of um, completion or along the publishing timeline. Um so that's what I'm working on. I can't tell anybody anything about them, but trust that they're there. (laughs) Publishing mood. (laughs) Someday I'll be able to talk about them all. But, um, if we are talking about it in the future, somebody please remind me to never do this to myself again. Um, <laughs> that, that it is impossible to juggle three projects at a time and that you should not do it. Usually that's my job. Yes, usually that's Margaret's job. But this time I sort of like <laughs> already got into it before she could do anything about it. Yeah, like normally,
2: <laughs> normally Hanoud will text me and be like, so I have this idea. And I'll say, don't yeah like, stop stop write it down and then put it away Uh (laughs) uh-huh finish what you're working on do it it and then she honda sort of figured out the the way around this is to be like so i've already done it i've already started
0: (laughs) here's this idea that i'm already
2: working on and i'm like no No!" (laughs) but that's the only way (laughs) (laughs) that's the that's how you get that's how you wind up working on four projects at once madam
0: Yeah, that's true. true. When inspiration strikes, what are you supposed to do? (laughs) Sleep.
1: (laughs) I wish that was my first thought, but apparently not. It's not how my brain works. Anyway, yeah, I have four different projects right now, three of which are supposed to be out next year. So uh, those are the three that are being juggled. And then one is sort of on the back burner and gets juggled occasionally.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Lastly, where can people find you? Ooh,
1: Hana, you go first. Okay. I am on Twitter at Hanaalkaf. Um, I'm on Twitter probably way too much at Hanna Alcuff. <laughs> um, and on Instagram at Hana.alcuff and on the internet in general at Hanaalkaf.com. Ooh. I am less on
2: Twitter these days because it's really good for my mental health. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Um less on Twitter, more on Instagram, but uh, you'll see me on both at um what underscore eats underscore <laughs> owls, uh, which is the eternal question. <laughs> um and I then my uh my website, which is like Dahlia Adler's going to kill me. Dahlia
1: Adler's gonna kill you. It's so when out of the date last time you updated it. I
2: don't want to talk about it. Page of Devils isn't on there. It's oh not- no, <laughs> it's uh, out in four days as of this recording. I know. Uh, it's fine. Um, but if you want to look at my extremely old museum of a website, it's margaret-owen.com.
1: Shout out, Dahlia. We love you.
0: We love you so much. Awesome. Hannah, Margaret, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, thank you for having us. This has been such a fun chat.
0: Readers, I hope you will check out The Grimoire of Grey Fates, It comes out tomorrow, June 6th. Of course, we encourage you to support your local indie bookstore. But if you don't have a local indie, you can also check out our affiliate store. That is at bookshop.org slash shop slash Marissa Meyer. And please don't forget to check out our new merchandise store on Spring and Tea Public. You can find the links in our Instagram profile. We are going to be on break for the next couple of weeks as I will be overseas enjoying my tour in France and Spain. I'm so excited. Uh, When we come back, I will be talking with Ananya Devarajan about her debut YA romance Kismet Connection. If you're enjoying these conversations, please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Marissa Meyer Author and at Happy Writer Podcast. Until next time, stay healthy, stay cozy, and whatever life throws at you today, I hope that now you're feeling a little bit happier.